This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 225, Why Did I Buy This Thing Again? with Debbie Wilder. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We have got some special surprise gifts for you today. Uh, it is Christmas time, of course. In fact, if you're listening to this as it's dropped, it's Christmas Eve. So Merry Christmas to everybody listening. Hopefully you're enjoying yourself and enjoying family and uh, some incredible presents under the tree. You know, with all the things that you might love about the Christmas season, no doubt you might have a few regrets. That's right. I'm talking about the weird and totally bizarre stuff. You might be asking yourself if you can buy anything online, and the answer is yes, you can, but it's at least worth a good laugh. In fact, here are a couple of the weirdest, wildest, most totally bizarre things I've seen for sale. In 2004, someone came up with this minty fresh idea to put some leftover chewing gum up for sale on eBay and say it was chewed by the one and only Britney Spears. It sold for over $14,000. Virgin Mary grilled cheese. A lady out of Chicago was grilling a sandwich, looked down and saw the Virgin Mary looking back at her and then sold it on eBay, selling it finally to a firm, goldenpalace.com for 28,000 bucks. They said they bought it to be part of pop culture. How about in 2005, 20-year-old Andrew Fisher thought he had a great idea when he listed his forehead on eBay as an advertising space. No. That's right. Fisher's idea was that he would advertise whichever person or company temporarily wanted to tattoo on his forehead uh, their brand name. So he sold his forehead for an incredible $37,375 to the company Snorestop. Uh, that remedies, I guess, your snoring. Now, is, if this isn't something you might regret and wonder, why did I do this again? I don't know what is. One seller on eBay offered an air guitar air being the important word here. Yes, someone was actually selling an autographed air guitar for $15. You'd literally be paying for the box. The item came in, the air inside it, and a picture of the actual physical product. It remains to be seen who signed this one-of-a-kind air guitar, but I suppose I'd be regretting the purchase, no doubt, unless, of course, it came with a pair of air drums. So as you can tell, there are a number of ways you can waste money online. There's no news there. Uh, but as we're approaching the holidays, I figured I'd share some of those quite curious purchases. I also brought that topic up uh, for a couple of laughs, but also as a sort of an intro to today's conversation. Why did I buy that thing again? And then, of course, I'm not referring to you know, uh, stale grilled cheese. I'm referring to dividend-paying whole life insurance, the bank-on-yourself strategy we talk about on our podcast. Uh, this episode is going to be focused on why did I buy that thing again? And what is it doing for me now? Now that it's been one year, five years, 17 years, however long you've had a bank on yourself design policy, and many of our clients now are approaching uh, a decade plus with their policies. Uh, so I thought maybe it'd be a good idea for us to go back and figure out what is this thing all about? What's it for? Why did I buy that thing again? Oh, yeah. And I hope this episode will be full of oh yeahs and aha moments 
because I've got the wonderful and always engaging Debbie Wilder as our guest host today. She was the host of our office hours for our membership site, which is notyouraverage.mn.co. So if you haven't already signed up, what are you waiting for? This is the best time of year to get to know other people who are on a not-so-average financial journey, just like you are if you're listening to this podcast. And as we go through some of the content of today's episode, I want you to take note of what Debbie says, why she started her policy, what she used it for originally, what she's using it for now, and how she feels about this thing that she bought all those years ago. Debbie Wilder is a bank on yourself professional. Prior to that, she was a systems analyst for over 20 years. Financially, she and her husband did everything they were told to do, 401ks, IRAs, 529s, all the stuff you might find on the eBay of the financial universe. On the stock market roller coaster, however, she lost 40% of her assets in 1999 and even more in the early 2000s. In 2005, Debbie learned about the bank on yourself method using specially designed whole life insurance, and she never looked back. It stopped the slide of their retirement assets, and it created predictability for her family's financial future. Her husband stopped watching the daily ticker tape, and most importantly, it saved their marriage. After opening 13 whole life insurance policies, she decided to help spread the word and become a bank on yourself professional. She's always wondered why this was not taught in high school or college, so she's passionate about educating other people about it. Debbie lives in West Hartford, Connecticut with her husband, Drew, two children, and their dog. When Debbie is not working, you might find her taxiing her children around, coaching basketball, working out at the gym, or reading the newspaper. In order to provide her clients the level they expect and deserve, Debbie only accepts a small number of new clients each month who are committed to achieving lifetime financial security. So guys, jump into this Office Hours sneak preview with Debbie Wilder. First of all, Debbie, welcome. And for those who don't know Debbie, she is one of my favorite people in the world. She's also just one of the kindest and friendliest people you'll ever meet. She's one of the smartest cookies in the cookie jar for sure. Debbie, I would love for you, if you don't mind, to just tell us a bit about who you are and kind of your work with Bank on Yourself. Wow, that is like the best introduction I've ever had anyone give. I'm definitely taking this recording and taking out <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow. So yeah, I've been a bank on yourself for, for the past 15 years and um, heard it on the radio back in 2004 and just like, this is way too good to be true. You know, that everybody says the same thing. And uh, eventually I hooked up with Alan Ekstrand, who is my advisor, who's in Connecticut, I'm on Connecticut, and peppered him to death with questions and just ultimately went like this and say, man, I hope he's telling me the truth because I don't know anything about whole life insurance and I don't want to worry about the stock market and let's hope it works. And lo and behold, everything panned out exactly the way he said, you know, not quite to the penny, but really close because that's what it's all about. And so because of that, I really wanted to um, learn it very well. And, and, but being a, a, you know, being a client, you only talk to them every six months or so, and you forget why you buy it. Why did I buy this thing again? What was the reason? And, and, I, and I always remember people come and they say, oh, so Dad, how's your 401k going? Like, oh, I don't have a 401k anymore. Well, what do you use? And the whole life insurance. <laughs> <What> <laughs> oh, whole life insurance. <laughs> you got to speak louder. I don't get it. 
okay, it's whole life insurance. What the hell is that? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it was so hard to explain. You know, I just can't even begin to tell you. And um, I literally, you know, I just melt. I just like, I don't even know what to do. I, it's like, just talk to Alan. He'll explain to you. I couldn't do it. Finally, about five years later, when I finally started really getting it, because you get it, you're only, only talking every six months or so. I said, I've got to do this for a living. I said, I want to, you know, I, I, I was in IT for 15 years. I was a computer programmer, basically, systems programmer, and then was a consultant for IT and then had my kids. So for eight years, I didn't work. And then I went back and became a secretary for a nonprofit. And at that time is when I found out about this whole thing. I said, you know, I could change my career again and maybe I should do this. And so Alan really allowed me to work it with him. And, and now fast forward 11 years and now I'm his partner and we have five, four or five other um, advisors under us. So uh, my goal at that time was to say, this is the most amazing thing in the whole wide world for finance and nobody knows about it. It's not marketed. It's just got to get out there. But just like I had to cross my fingers and, and hope that this was going to work, and it did, the only reason I decided to do something like this was because I knew that no one could sue me. Really, they pretty much, unless I did something really bad, <laughs> no one could sue me because IBM, doesn't matter if IBM goes down 40%, I didn't put you in IBM. I'm not putting you in anything that's going to go backwards. So only going forward and up. The only way I want the money to go, it's actually really boring when you actually think about it. Your only money goes in one direction, up. <laughs> Very boring, but man, people like that. That's a good boring to have. So one of the things I really specialize in right now, other than working with women and, and trying to you know, get, this, get people up and running on banking yourself, is having people understand and remember why they bought this in the first place. After five years, <laughs> mm -hmm. why did I buy this thing again? And it's really hard to remember all the reasons, which is why we really try to do six-month reviews. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give an example. Today, I just had a meeting with a, a lady who has two very robust policies. She earns a lot of money. And her company said, you are doing so well. We want to give you a deferred comp plan. You really need to put some money into our deferred comp. Where does deferred comp money go? Right into the stock market. And it's deferred. It's, oh, we'll reduce your taxes. It'll keep everything really nice right now. But people forget that we're in one of the lowest historical tax rates that we've ever seen. Taxes are the lowest they've been in 105, 110 years. And I know Mark likes to say this, taxes are on sale. It's like, man, if there's a time to get out of anything that you have that's taxable and you're able to without giant penalties and even with giant penalties, and that's a very scary thing to say, there's not, even if there were room to go down, there's not a whole heck of a lot of room, but there's a whole lot of room to go up. Back to my lady who said, they want me to go into deferred comp plan. They want me to put up to 75% of my salary in it. I'm like, oh my God. I said, don't do that. I said, you know what your tax burden is going to be at the end. And she says, what are you talking about? They just, and she's 41 years old. She just doesn't know. And so, you know, why did I buy this thing again? Oh yeah, it's called whole life insurance, not universal life insurance. 
I want a tax-free income. I want a guarantee. And there's such a peace of mind. I can't tell you the peace of mind that you have knowing that every year it's going up. Even though it's boring, you're darn happy it's going up. <laughs> and it may be slow and you know slow in the beginning, but once you meet that first break-even, which I call it, which is, hey, I'm putting in 10,000 a year. When do I get 10,000 in cash? That's the first break-even versus, hey, I gave you $100,000 over 10 years. When do I get my full 100,000 back? I'm looking annually. As soon as you annually get what you're getting back, you are creating incredible leverage where you put in 10,000 and you may go up 40,000 know, 25 years down the road. That is leverage that is unseen and unheard of anywhere else. And it's only if you really understand it and continue to educate yourself and talk to your advisors and, and say, you know, tell me about this again. Why did I buy this again? It's like, because this is what we told you. This is really what's going to happen. So my oldest client is in terms of number of years into the policy is 11, but I'm dealing with policies from Alan, my partner, who has policies from 2004. And you're talking 16, 17 years of growth. And when you start charting that on a chart, you're like, oh my God, it's like, do you know that you even have this? And they're like, I had no idea. It's like, this is what's happening to your money every single year and cumulatively as well. So this is something you're going to want to ask all your advisors to show you, say, show me this. I want to see how well it's doing. Not to create work for you guys, but that's what you really want to see. You do want to see this. A lot of people ask me about loan interests. Nobody likes the interest. And there's so many different ways to explain loan interest and how it comes back to you and why it's essential to pay uh, or why the companies even have that. So let's assume that in month one, you say, I'm going to borrow $1,200 and I'm going to be a good financial citizen. And I'm going to pay $100 a month to pay this off but there's going to be a little bit of interest for sure. And, and Debbie, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but what we're looking at here is a table of a real life. This is how policy loans really work. Uh, as close to accurate as you can show on a very simple chart like this. Uh, and what you're showing us is a monthly loan repayment where someone took a $1,200 loan in the first month and then they repaid it a hundred bucks a month. Is that right? That's correct. This is how things work differently with whole life companies that we work with. So you're like, okay, I'm going to be good. I'm going to pay my first $100. So there it is. Normally, if you have a mortgage, you pay your first payment, 99% goes to interest and 1% goes to principal. Okay, here, 100% goes to principal all the time. 100%. So your remaining loan balance goes down to $1,100. And then they charge the famous 5% that's been around for many years, but it, it, I started at 6.5%, by the way. It's gone down, it can go up, it's, it, right now it's at 5%. So 5% on the remaining loan balance for that one month is $4.58. So that's your cumulative interest. In month two, you now have 1,100. You pay your 100, you have 1,000 left. 5% on the remaining amount is 417, and that's your cumulative amount. And you can see that your remaining loan balance goes down exactly by 100, every single month going against your principal. And then on the last month, you know, there's zero left, but you still got a little bit of interest for all those days, you know, for those 30 days, you got 21 cents. 
So in the end, you got $27.71 of interest over the whole year on $1,200. So your cumulative interest is $27.71, which is just a 2.31% interest for the year. It's not 5%. 5% is not really 5%. And that's the biggest fallacy that, you know, it's, it's too bad. Like, what's the interest rate? It's 5%, but it really isn't 5%. And let me explain to you why. Okay, so now you're only talking $27 on this whole thing. And that goes into a pool of interest at the insurance company. And that goes with their premiums, with all their gains on everything else. The insurance companies that we work with aren't allowed to make a profit. They're like a non, I call them nonprofits, basically. They got to pay their CEOs. They got to pay their admin staff. They got to pay their gardeners and their lawnmowers and all that stuff. But in the end, they have this big chunk of money that's left over that must go back to the policy owners. That's us. So the more that's in there, the more we get back. So this is part of that. And over the years, I'm not talking one year, two years, three years, or even five or 10 years, but over the course of the lifetime of your policy, you will get back these dividends, plus the interest that Mark paid, plus the interest that, my, uh, that Marty paid, plus the interest that Zach and Ron paid. I'm getting back everyone's interest over time, including my own. So am I upset about this? Am I worried about paying interest? Not one bit, because I'm going to get it back over time. That was a great explanation, Debbie, one of the best I've ever seen. And I have uh, really loved this chart and looked at it many times with folks. What we're looking at here is the 5% simple interest compounded annually in arrears. Yes, the simple interest. I love that, Mark. The simplest interest gets added on to the end in arrears. That's exactly what it does. Um, just to compare other insurance companies like Guardian and Northwest Mutual, they may say, oh, you want a $1,200 loan? Sure. Oh, by the way, there's 5% interest. So we're going to charge you $60 right now. So you only get $1,140 right now as your loan because we're charging you the interest up front. Or they make you take out $1,260. It depends on how they decide on it. They're the ones who don't treat interest the way that we do. So this is the best way to handle it. Yeah, if there was a way to do a poll here, I'd like to kind of see. Do you ever sit sit up in the middle of the night and say, "Why did I? Who convinced me to get this giant life insurance policy that I got to pay all these premiums into? Why did I buy this thing again? What's the whole point? Why am I doing this?" Um, I think about this a lot more than the average Joe, and I have had clients call me and say, oh, "Mark, what am I doing with this thing again?" I had a guy who literally hadn't talked to me since 2017. Um, and they're like, well, I just need to close this thing down. But we opened up the accounts before we were going to close everything down. We looked at it and it was growing faster than he could put money anywhere else, savings accounts, et cetera. All of it was tax-free. He ended up keeping it and dumping in another $40,000 into the policy just because he'd forgotten it. It was, it was just in, in his you know desk drawer, hadn't thought about it in whatever, four or five years. So I guess so. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give you a little story about this that will kind of get you going here to think about this. When I started this, when I was 14 years ago, 15 years ago, um, I wanted a minivan. That was the goal. Um, I was just about to go and pay for it cash because that's how I did everything back then. And I heard Alan on the radio, my, now my partner, and he said, are you about to go buy a, a new car? And I'm, uh, this is like 11 o'clock at night and I'm, my head's on the pillow. And I listen to the radio, are you about to buy a, a car? Yeah. Are you going to pay cash? Yeah. 
well, stop. And I can like see his hand come through the radio practically. I, you know, stop. That's not what you want to do. You've got to look at bank on yourself. Like, huh? You know, what is that all about? So fast forward after I got through all this, as soon as I paid my first premium, I immediately took out $25,000 to pay my minivan. I, I had practically nothing left in my policy. And I'm like, did I worry about paying this back? I'm like, no, because at that time, I'm not sure your age, but I was 40 years old at that time. I said, I got lots of time ahead of me. I will eventually pay this back. I'm not going to be stopping for this for several, for at least 15, 20 years. I'm planning on paying into this. And so um, I took the loan. And by the way, I didn't pay back a penny for 13 years, not one penny for 13 years, which is so financially undisciplined of me. So you think, okay, but in reality, this is what I did. I said, I can't afford to pay 500 a month back as if I were going to pay it to a dealer. But you know what? I want to build my wealth. That's my goal. I'm instead going to start another plan at $500 a month and let this, let my uh, loan grow. It's 5%. That's a true 5%. But I'm going to put 500 a month in, which is $6,000 a year into a plan for 13 years. I did that. I had about $120,000 in that plan after 13 years. And my loan grew from 25,000 to 42,000. $17,000 of interest. I didn't lose one night to sleep over it. Not one night because I have 120,000 here and my loan, even though it was growing, the money behind it was also growing. And I had $17,000 of interest to pay and the loan. It's like, you know what? I'll do that over time. And over time, after 13 years, I started to pay it off and it got paid off. And now I'm so much wealthier because of it. So don't be afraid to take a risk of using the money because that's what it's supposed to be used for. I'd never heard that story before, Debbie. That's interesting. It's great stuff. Let's see. My, my final thoughts are going to be this. <laughs> now, pictures are worth a thousand words. This is a nice full belly pig. We are looking at a picture of a piggy bank that's big and stuffed to the gills and as healthy as can be. And that's, that's equivalent to an efficient policy because it's maxed out. You've put as much money as you can in it. You could work very well for you. Right next to it is a picture of a, an emaciated pig, piggy bank, which is a very sad sight to see. But it absolutely gets the point across that you don't want your policy to look like this because you'll suffer for the rest of your life with the policy. And you'll always say, why did I buy this thing again? Again. And, and because it wasn't funded appropriately. And that could be that life happened. Like you want to fund it a lot and you lost your job, a pandemic came, any, any reason could come. Um, but people who can fund it, plan on funding it, but don't ever get the, why did I buy this thing down in their heads and choose not to fund it, will never be happy with their policies because it just is not as efficient as it should be. And that's probably my final words is that you really want to understand it. It's all about education, re-education, and even more education. It's constant education with this because it's not out there. It's not on CNBC. It's not on Bloomberg. You will never see this anywhere. You'll see everything else fighting this galore, but you will never see this. 
and they will educate you to death on the other stuff. But you don't find this education that we're trying to provide many places at all. Mm -hmm. So, and even online, I actually tell my prospects and clients, go to the places that fight bank on yourself, that say it's a scam, that say you're going to lose money, that it's terrible. And let's talk about everything that they say, because you have to understand that they're coming from a different perspective and they're saying things that aren't true. Let's talk about the truth. What will really happen if you don't pay your premiums? What's really happening when you buy that car? So it's very important to know um, what you're buying, be very convinced of it, and follow through with it. Otherwise, you will be unhappy. So I guess those are my final words. Yeah, that that big, juicy, well-funded piggy bank makes great sense. And there's only a few places in the whole financial universe that offer the tax advantages you mentioned, Roth IRAs. Okay, so we can only put six to $7,000 a year into a Roth IRA. That might not solve the problem. Um, municipal bonds. Uh, well, those are great because they're tax-free, but how many municipalities do you know that are just really doing great in terms of their rate of return right now, especially with the pandemic and more? Plus, uh, I just found this out the other day, municipal bonds still count against your social security. Yep. So okay. Even though they're tax-free income, they still Take it from your social security. What a joke. That, yep. that was a surprise to me. I had not known that before. Um, what else is tax-free? Anything else that you guys can think of that's truly tax-free money? Uh, HSA, maybe an HSA, um, but you can only spend it on healthcare. Um, Debbie, am I forgetting anything major there? No, I was going to mention about the social security, but you got that. Yep. This is really it. My, my personal goal is to have social security and bank on yourself income. I'll pay no taxes for the rest of my life. That's an extreme, but that's, but I'm again on advisor. So I guess I truly walk my walk. <laughs> By putting it into whole life, we're not saying no to everything else. That's the one thing I always keep in my mind as I pour into my policies and I fully fund that piggy bank. I'm remembering that it's not either or it's both. And so it's just a matter of how do you want to use your, your, your policy. And if, if it's like most clients, it's seen as sort of a cash flow management system, um, as well as tax-free income in retirement. Awesome. Debbie, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your expertise and your reminder of kind of some key things and reminder of why we did this all these months or years ago. Uh, and thank you for contributing today. We, we really appreciate you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much. Thank you, Debbie, and thank you to everyone who contributed to the Office Hours a few months ago. If you'd like to be a part of Office Hours, you have to join our membership site. We do them monthly on the first Tuesday of every month, and everyone is invited to come and bring any question you wish. Uh, I'll be there, and we often bring surprise guests to these Office Hours, so you're missing out if you're not a part of our membership site. Best way you can join and be kept up to date on all of the things that we're up to on that membership site is to go to notyouraverage.mn. Co and request to join. It's free to be a part of our community. Uh, we only ask that you contribute your very best self and continually contribute what you know about the financial journey as you understand it. The more we can contribute together, the better off we'll all be. So I'd love to meet you and be a part of your financial journey. You just have to go to notyouraverage.mn.co. Thank you, Debbie, and thank you everyone for contributing to today's episode and helping to make our lives just a little bit better. Again, Merry Christmas to 
all of you listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.